Welcome everyone to Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd here with my main man JB. What's going on, bruv? You alright? Yeah, yeah, man. It's a nice warm Thursday evening in the UK. We're just chilling out. Of, uh, still a bit warm. Last week was quite warm. It's quite close today. But um, yeah, man, we're loving it. How's things going, Jay? It's uh, it's all good this end, all good. Sweet. Yeah, we've uh, been watching a lot of wrestling. We've been watching a lot of wrestling, man. You know, there's a lot of shit going on in the world, a lot of crazy stuff. And like the meme uh, that we put out today on Twitter, um, we don't care about any of that shit really at the minute. We're just watching uh, 90s wrestling pay-per-views. That's it. We don't, we don't particularly bother with the rest of the world at the minute. We're just uh, having some fun. We're in our bubble, man. So uh, you can catch us on the Twitter at Chat Grapple Pops. That's at Chat Grapple Pops. Catch us here on YouTube, um, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops Podcast. Also, check us out on all the various um, podcast bits and bobs. Shall I reel off the list? Go for it. So we've got Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, all of that good shit right there. Just that's it. Just too many, too many places you can hear our lovely voices talking about wrestling. And, um, you know, we, we, uh, we we had a bit of a weird one last week, you know. Um, another great podcast though. We um, had a, another great response. It went really well. We had um, a, a yeah, hell of a right. lot of listeners again. It was a it was a it was a big one, and you know, thank you to anyone that listened and downloaded and enjoyed or didn't enjoy. You know, up to you. If you don't like right. it, whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, we 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 keep hitting <laughs> we keep hitting the same numbers every week, which is great. Um, we're getting a similar amount of people listening every week. Our subscriber count has gone up immensely this week. So we just want to say thank you, thank you to everybody. Um, and please, if you're watching this, a subscribe is free just in that way or that way, whatever it is, just subscribe, click on the bell. You don't even need to get um, you know, alerts or anything when we put out a video. Obviously, it would be great if you did that. And then you get to know when the next shows are. And uh, today we are delving into um, a a fantastic era for wrestling. We've uh, we've got some attitude. We've got some attitude. So we've, yeah, we've got some attitude this week. We we haven't covered any attitude era really up to now, have we? And people have asked. People, people have asked. asked. Yeah. And it's time. It's, it's time, time to dive right into, you know the World Wrestling Federation's Attitude Era, where almost anything goes. Almost anything did go. And let me tell you, uh, what are we going to uh, be covering today, George? No chance, that's what you got. No chance in hell. It's the Royal Rumble. It's 1999. We're partying like it's January 1999, literally. That's correct. And it's, it, this is right slap bang in the middle of one of the greatest feuds in wrestling history. It's Austin McMahon. That's right. It's something else. It, it's just an incredible feud that started way back in 1997. 
and, and they carried it on as far as 1999. I think that's incredible. And 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 the fact is that this feud came out of the fact initially that Stone Cold was injured and couldn't wrestle. Yeah, so that's how far back it goes back to SummerSlam '97. That's right. It goes back to the fact of. Uh, Stone Cold being injured, unfortunately, by the late, great Owen Hart. Um, dropped on his head. Uh, fucked up his vertebrae in his back. Was in extreme pain. And I, to be honest with you, um, a lot of people knock Austin. But the, the, the state his body was in, at, even at this time in 1999, the pain that this guy would have been in... And the performance that he put in on this night, the amount of time he was consistent. in... It's consistent with Austin. He put in decent match after great match after even better match. And, it, you know, a lot of them turned into brawls. Yeah. But, you know, he completely changed his style by, you know, from the last time we would have seen him on one of our shows which was probably, what, Halloween Havoc 1991? Yeah, Halloween yeah. Havoc 1991. Oh, yeah, mate. Check that one out. But, yeah, this is this is Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is He's no longer stunning. And he is absolutely raw. He does whatever the hell he wants. Uh, we will. I will remind everyone, this is a Vince Russo-era show, so lots of skits, lots of, you know... Quick, quicker matches, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the booking with Russo. A lot of people have said it was a little bit weird, but he liked to grab people's attention as soon as they switched over the channel or as soon as they turned it on. He wanted at all times for there to be something on the t- on the screen to to grab people. I think this this era had a lot of more shocks and surprises, which is funny because this show isn't full of that many surprises. Not really, no. Um, I mean, there is one big surprise, I would say, that has never really happened before in wrestling. It never happened in the Royal Rumble before. Um, (coughs) With one of the outcomes, uh, the outcomes uh, of the matches. But um, no, there there wasn't too much... You know, un- unexpected stuff, really. But I mean, there was a, a, there was there was something for everyone in this. There's something for everyone. There's wrestling. There's excitement. There's brawling. There's blood. There's boobies. Um, you know, but the, you know, i.e., girls. Um, you know, a great event. Great, great event. And it was, as you say, the pinnacle of the feud between Austin and Mr. McMahon, the character of Mr. McMahon. Not Vince McMahon, this was Mr. McMahon. And, yeah, we'll start, I'm going to start with Heat, because Heat was live an hour before on the USA Network and what have you, you know. And straight out the gate, Vince and his crew, you know, the Stooges are on their way to the ring. Um, Shane is on commentary with Kevin Kelly, which is, I mean, he's he's hype, but it's not very good. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, something I noticed straight away, the signs. Loads that, of signs. That's, that's wrestling that we watched back in the day, signs everywhere. Yeah, dude. And uh, 
later on in the show, I think even Jerry Lawler like pinpoints one because he sees it and says uh, he he makes a point of saying that's you know questioning that sign, which we'll I'll get to later on. There, there's <laughs> some there's some questionable questionable behaviour from one of the fans as well, and it's just <laughs> it's just amazing. It's just so funny. I literally laughing out loud, nearly piss myself laughing when I see this. But yeah, let's crack on. Um, you know, this is this is a live heat. This is you know, you know the free for alls are long gone. So it's yeah, it's a Sunday night hour sort of lead in to the pay per view itself. You know, Vince comes out and says he has a he has a rep as a street fighter. <laughs> I've looked through a lot of stuff. I haven't seen anything. I don't remember seeing any YouTube vids of Vince. You know, just, fighting uh, on the on the tough streets of Connecticut. No, no. Um, just a quick one as well. Talking about heat, heat. Um, Sunday night heat. Uh, that are the figures that I collect. I as one of the sets of figures I collect. If you can see them just behind me, just up there. And the reason why is because the faces on those figures were were starting to become really realistic at that time. They're really really great and um, just some really good figures. So who yeah. was the maker? Was it Jax? Jax, baby, Jax. I'm a huge Jax figure fan. Yeah. Um, Vince gives Stone Cold Steve Austin gives him 30 minutes to meet him face to face in the ring because Vince, um, Austin's struggling to get into the arena because some idiot in the car park wouldn't let him in um, saying that he couldn't get VIP parking because he didn't have a limo that's Austin's correct time and <laughs> yeah we'll be back soon he yeah. says Mankind our, our WWF champion will have a tune up match on Heat um Here's where I my my smallest problem with this part of the show is by getting everyone out on heat, you lose some of that reaction on the pay per view when they come out again from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, and something I noticed for one or two guys that made a second appearance later on when they got to the pay per view um, tune up match is with a masked man. Um, it's a surprise. It's a mystery opponent. It's Pretty obvious who it is when he gets out of the out of the limo. He's massive, <laughs> but we'll get to that. The only ma- the, one of the two matches on the sh- on Heat was the Job Squad, Hardcore Holly and Two Cold Scorpio against Too Much Scott Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> Before they became too cool, it's. I mean, it's not a great match. It's a quick match. It's just you know a couple of minutes, but. Hardcore Holly, well, not even Hardcore Holly, he's Bob still, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, Spot, yeah, got his spark plug, sparky plug. Do you remember he's when? Not, he's no longer the spark plug, no, no. just part of, the, part of the job squad, which is, you know. Al Snow. Al Snow, Blue Meanie. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a weird time, isn't it, to be a wrestling fan? Yeah. <laughs> um, and after the match, they all get jumped by uh, the Acolytes, uh, Bradshaw, Farouk and Midian. Yep. And just as you think that it couldn't get any weirder, you hear a gong for The Undertaker. Him and Paul Bearer make their way out, and Taker says he's picked his next soul for the Ministry of Darkness. Yep. The Ministry of Darkness, that's right. Which is just, yeah. But Undertaker gets a massive pop, like, and it's something that I don't think you can ever sort of take away from him. I mean, we've only recently seen that he's could well be hanging up his boot, gloves, and hat. 
Um, seen a lot of thank you taker and stuff like that online. I'm not sure if it's the last one for him. I I think maybe for once a wrestler should just fucking retire and call it a day. I mean, he can't be sh- he can't be short of a few quid. You know, he doesn't need the money. He would work. He'd work once a year, wouldn't he? You know, it, 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 you know, I really wish a wrestler would just retire and just sit like, um, you know, an old man on the back porch and just um, enjoy, enjoy life. Yeah. Um, Sable gets called out for an interview with uh, Michael Cole, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Good old Mike. No, it's not Michael Cole, sorry. I think it's Shane who comes out to do it. And uh, Luna, what a what a lady. Luna comes out and works over Sable's lower back. Correct. They show very this in quick. yeah. Very quick, yeah. It's this again, TV time and stuff on heat, you know, it's a Sunday night. It's just they're just whizzing through this, which is why I'm doing the same. Um, Vince comes back out to the ring, Austin comes in in a limo, massive like limo. They call it the Liminator. Trucks, yeah. They call it the, the the Limonator, yeah. Oh Lord, yeah. And he gets in in the limo in, in a monster truck limo and it's yeah, he gets to the ring and Vince slaps him in the face and then does a runner. Yeah. I thought that's great good stuff. The old slap and run. Uh, <laughs> Mankind then his mystery opponent. Mabel, good old Mabel, um, King Mabel, as he was known, yep. and you know, in a in a in a weird way, you know, in another dimension, he was probably the third man in the NWO. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you ever believe, if you ever believe Dave Meltzer, I mean, I loved Mabel in Men on a Mission. I absolutely loved Men on a Mission when I was growing up. Mo and Mabel, um, I I, I loved them. Oscar. Yeah, and Oscar. I thought they were great, man. They used to hype the crowd. They were absolutely great. When uh, he won the King of the Ring, King Mabel, um, he was absolutely huge in the early 90s. Body, body size. He'd slimmed down a little bit now. Um, well, he's still a unit here. Yeah, oh, he, was, he was an absolute unit, but he could move as well. He was another one of these big guys that could actually move. Yeah. Um, the match goes to a DQ. Um, the Rock uh, comes out and starts beating down on Mankind. And to close this show of heat, this is possibly the greatest and weirdest end to a show. You just see Patterson and Briscoe oiling Vince. It's, I mean, yeah. How, how wonderful that we got to see that. I mean, Patterson was fucking probably creaming his pants over that yeah. shit. Wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing down Vinnie Mac with some oil, baby. Suggestion. Shit. No, we need more oil, Vince. Yeah, we need more. <laughs> and and that's heat. That was a very. It was very quick. I mean, in between, like in between some of the like in one of the matches, they were they were hyping another show on heat. I think La Femme Nikita or something random like that. Oh, right. But, but these were on at the same time as the pay per view, so I'm, it must have been a bit strange to try and hype a show on another channel when you've got your own live shit going on straight after this. Um, and this is where we get to our big show. Um, for those that haven't watched or don't remember, Chris watches the VHS. Correct. There. Here it is in all its beauty. 
And funnily and enough, inside there's an advert for the uh, SmackDown video game. Oh, amazing. What a game that was. As well, on the PlayStation. So, yeah, genuine VHS. We do it with every every single one. I'll watch the VHS. Jordan watches the network. Like I say, I do have the network, but I also have a shitload of VHSs. So, um, and you never know what you find or what you don't, what you miss out on. That's correct. <laughs> you know, and we like to, as we're watching 90s pay-per-views, we like to watch them on the formats that it came out at that time. So that is the, the VHS, WWF the Royal Rumble, No Chance in Hell, Royal Rumble 1999. Um, and here we are. We have, I have 10-10-220, whatever that was. Presents the Royal Rumble. 10, from, 10 uh, 220. Arrow, yeah, from the Arrowhead. This must be some phone thing. Oh, Arrowhead, okay. Yeah, in Anaheim, California. Yeah, baby. January, is, January big 24th. Crowd. Big crowd, lots of signs. It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a Royal Rumble, man. Like, it's, it's the second biggest show like, of the year. I think a lot of people look forward to the Royal Rumble more than they do WrestleMania sometimes. Yeah, because the the, the the good thing about Royal Rumble is there was always this thing of if you win the Royal Rumble, you are going to WrestleMania. And a lot of the time there was a shot at the end of the Royal Rumble where they were pointing up to the sign of, of WrestleMania, like, right, I'm, I'm going to WrestleMania and I'm going for the title. That was like the, the big lead up to WrestleMania was, right, if you win the Royal Rumble... Um, and over the years, they've had some fantastic stories of, you know, who's been in the Rumble, who's going to win it, who's going to be number Good one question. contender. Your favourite Royal Rumble match? Do you have one? Um, very, very difficult. Um, very, very yes, difficult. I, we're live, baby. That's why, that's why I ask him these things. I get him to try and think on the spot. It's true. To be honest, it was either... That what you find with the with the Royal Rumble matches and what they started to do over the years, they started to be a lot more creative with it. Back in the day, you would have, you know, I mean, this is the twelfth annual Royal Rumble. So the first one was what nineteen eighty seven or whatever. Okay, eighty eight. Right. So, you know, back in them days, you would literally have every single fucking wrestler in the ring at one time. Um, you know, they would have them, they'd have the first two and then another one to come and then they'd build it up. And, and most of the time it would just be like a mound of bodies in the ring. But to be honest, this Royal Rumble, this Royal Rumble match is probably way up there for me as one of my favourites. Just because, like I was saying to you before we come on the air, they were, they were so creative with this Rumble. Um, there was a few people that actually got knocked out too quick for my liking, but it was comedic in the way it happened. It was creative in the way it happened. Um, the way they'd set up the match and that, you know, I, I mean, this this rumble for me is is way up there as one of my best ones. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, this one's a, a great rumble. Great, great rumble. OK, for, for anyone that cares about, you know, what I think of a Royal Rumble. Mine is 1992 because it led to uh, this WrestleMania match right here. That was a great Rumble. And like I say, those Rumbles there, there was a, a lot going on. And it was, it was some of them were absolutely fantastic. I was going to say 92, 93. Incredible. 
Why um, really good rumbles. So, like you say, the early 90s ones, 92, mm. 93, really good. And and like I say, this one here, 99. And then there was a, a couple in the early 2000s that were really good as well. I'm, I'm also about to lose a lot of credibility because I like 2020s Royal Rumble. Fair play, dude. You know, I like the way I liked the whole story of Lesnar just launching people out for the first 15 people. Great. <laughs> it was different. It was the first time you'd seen that. Like, you know, him just from number one, just launching people out left, right and centre. Like I swear Diesel did that once, didn't he? <clears throat> Diesel, yeah, I mean, that's what got him over. I mean, that's something we can talk about, you know, when we go, go that far back, yeah, yeah, to another rumble. But yeah, that was, um, yeah, that's what got him his title push. That's right. Jerry, Jerry the King Lawler and Michael Cole are our commentators for the evening. Jim Ross's he had a bout of Bell's palsy, I think, at this time. Right. You wouldn't see him again until WrestleMania. Um, just if very quickly, I don't know if you got the exclusive Silver Vision um, video exclusives. You know I didn't get that. You didn't get that, baby. Um, there was an exclusive bit of video footage where you had Road Dog Jesse James, Boss Man, uh, Double J, Cornet. Uh, Mark Henry, all at the beginning talking about that $100,000 bounty on Stone Cold Steve Austin, which we haven't spoken about yet. So Vince McMahon offered $100,000 to anyone who could get Austin out of the rumble because we already know the first... Uh, two numbers in the Rumble, who's going to be number one and number two, because it was in a video package that they would that they'd spoken about before. So this whole pay-per-view is called No Chance in Hell. And the reason why it is called No Chance in Hell is because that is what uh, Vince McMahon said to Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said, you have got no chance in hell of winning the Royal Rumble. Actually, he said, you've got no chance in hell of ever becoming World Wrestling Federation champion again. Um, And then he said, obviously, no chance in hell of you winning the Royal Rumble. And when they did the draw, they fixed it and they pulled out... Oh, it looked random to me. Was it random? Yeah. Of course not. (laughs) Uh, So basically, they blagged it um, also, just quickly, there's another bit of fakery in this pay-per-view that really annoyed me and really upset me, and we'll get to it. And it's a bit that really pissed me off. And when we get to it, you'll know. Okay. It do- this, I mean, Austin being drawn as number one doesn't piss me off, but the fact that it was manufactured and fake that he got, they gave him number one, and it that was the gimmick of the thing that obviously they wanted him to be number one. So then he had no chance in hell of becoming. Um, of winning the Rumble. And basically what they did was made Mr. McMahon number 30 in the Rumble. But who was the commissioner of commissioner the W? Commissioner Michaels. It was commissioner. <laughs> it was Shawn Michaels. That's correct. Changed, yeah, changed it and made Vince number two. He, he super kicked him, uh, kicked him in the face in the mush and made him number two. So then Mr. McMahon put this bounty out and said, 
I will give someone, whoever, $100,000. And he talks about it later in the pay-per-view. He said, I'll take out um, $100,000 from um, Shane's trust fund and give it yeah. to someone. I don't care. Um, because obviously Shane went against him, but then actually came back, didn't he? And screwed someone, uh, screwed Austin over yeah. when he, he, he was, he brought him back in, uh, cause he was fired. Shane McMahon brought him back in and screwed him. So yeah, um, this exclusive bit of video footage, silver vision video footage that you only get on the VHS, um, is an interview. It's a little bit where they cutting in and out with uh, the road dog Jesse James, the big boss man, all talking about what they would do with this hundred thousand dollars and the bounty. You've got Double J talking about a couple of bits as well, and you also have Jim Cornette, funnily enough, talking about China, talking a hell of a lot about China and saying things like. Uh, China wants to play with the big boys. She wants to come in and be there with the men and she's going to have to, you know, they're not going to treat her like a lady and all this kind of stuff. And well, this is it. China, China makes history. Yes. On this night. And, you know, it's something that I think is a little bit glossed over in the history of WWE nowadays. Yeah. China would be the first woman in the, in the Royal Rumble, like ever. She won a mini gauntlet rumble on Raw to be number 30. She eliminated uh, Vinnie Mac, as Shane likes to call him, eliminated uh, Vince last. So, yeah, she gets the number 30 spot. And, yeah, that's where we go. But our first match, our opener, hardcore champion Road Dog now from DX. Now, this is a strange one. Against the big boss man who is one half of the tag team champions with, with Ken, Ken Shamrock. That's right. And part and of the corporation. The pop for Road Dog. I mean, we all we all remember DX being over as hell, but like Road Dog was he was he was mad on the mic, wasn't he? It and partly this is the reason why I'm wearing this t-shirt today. Because at no other time in history did you have an intro or, or someone who was so over with the crowd as Road Dog and Mr. Ass with their intro. As soon as you heard the do 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 do, oh you didn't know do 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 do, yo ass better call somebody. Like the the whole intro of that the <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages the generation i know every single word to it and i'm sure you do and i'm sure everyone from that era okay. can repeat line for line the degeneration x um um you know new age outlaws intro and it's the same with uh enzo amore and big cass with the my name is enzo amore and i am a certified g and a bona fide stud and you can't teach that you know it you know, and this here is big Cass. You know, it's <laughs> it's the same sort of thing. You had whole arenas, not just little pockets of fans. You had the whole arena would literally erupt. Um, they were over as fuck, man. They were just over. Now, boss man comes out dressed in what I can only just be like describe as peak shield attire. 
He, the yeah, he was shield borrowed it from boss man. He was the shield before the shield. He he looks like he looks like he could you know he could have easily just replaced Dean Ambrose whenever he felt like it. Oh, he was. I mean, yeah. and he was getting on at this point, dude. Boss man. I mean, boss man yeah. was was he'd gone through you know the inig- initial big boss man. You know, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. This is nineteen ninety nine. He'd already been in WWF on and off for eleven, twelve years. Well, he had the uh, yeah. He was. You know, we we spoke about the Carson City Silver Dollar on a pole match thing with John Tenter in '96, and this you know he gets he makes his way back to the WWF in 1998. Yeah, as a like Vince's security, and he can still go. Can still go. He can still go. He's a. I mean, it's it's not your, you know, traditional wrestling match. It's never going to be. Boss man gets a couple of shots to the balls, which uh, isn't pretty. The, um, <laughs> actually, we'll, talk actually, about, we'll talk about ball shots later on because I wince when I see one. Yeah, there's on. there's one there's there's a couple of uh, in this match. There's like I say the huge pop for Road Dog and the intro, and he's yeah. got a few early suckets as well. If you can see in the video yeah, what is going on right there, the few early suckets, and there's also um when he he, he gets his Basically, Road Dog bashes uh, Boss Man's balls on the post. He pulls his nuts on the post, and then you see him get in the ring, and then mock him, and you hear him say, "Oh my balls!" like that, like <laughs> quite loud into the camera. So uh, yeah, I mean, this was never, um, you know, it was they're never going to be uh, your 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 wrestling match. Um, you know, your your, your wrestling wrestling match. Uh, there's a, a little thing from the king where he says, "Oh, bad cop, you get no donut." Um, about <laughs> Jerry Lawler is really good in this match because he, when the boss man is sort of choking Road Dog on the ropes, facing the the commentary team, you know, <laughs> boss man shouting at King, "Tell him who the man is." Yeah, tell him who the man is. You the man. It's so good, and it's like um, the one thing it, it, it is quite weird as well, where you've got a policeman choking someone, saying, "Can he breathe?" Did you hear oh, that? Yeah, I did. I tried not. I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> I had to, man. I had to write it down because of everything going on at the moment. Like I just yeah. heard that. I mean, this is nineteen ninety nine, obviously, but he's supposed to be a policeman, the big boss man, and he's nightstick. Well, he's security at this point. He's a security. He's too. security. All right. He's security. Yeah. He's like. Well, that doesn't like, sound good for security, though, does it, either? Like Craig and Day Day in Friday After Next, you know, top oh, flight security. Yeah. Top <laughs> flight, you know. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's um, one thing that annoyed me with Boss Man as well in this, though. Um, he was just get, he was getting battered and he was supposedly knocked out. and he was, But he was adjusting his glove when he was supposed to be, like, knocked out, you know? It's just a bit weird. Like, he's, just, Maybe it was irritating him. Yeah. But it's not as bad as Shawn Michaels chewing his chewing gum when he was supposed to be knocked out by Mike Tyson in WrestleMania 14. But anyway. But yeah. Uh, Bossman takes the flare bump off the top rope. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's no uh, no spring chicken at this point. Well, neither was flare, but and this is this is an out of nowhere. Bossman hits the big slam, the big old sidewalk slam thing. It, it it looks like a sit down a sit down rock bottom, kind of yeah, and gets the win. Uh, it's non-title, so nothing changes. It just sort of came out of nowhere, and 
there it was. Um, they they skipped straight on to the next match. I don't know if you get any more Silver Vision exclusives, but yeah, they go straight into our Intercontinental title match of the evening. We we get we get a bit of footage um in the lead up just showing Billy Gunn. Oh, Billy Gunn showing his ass, yeah. To Ryan Shamrock. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um yeah, it is Billy Gunn against our champion Ken Shamrock, who is a double champion because he's also one half of the tag champions. Correct. Now I'm just gonna I'm gonna veer off a bit on Shamrock. Um this this guy is legitimately tough. Like to the point, you know, he's a UFC super fight champion. He went he was in the to- in the tournaments like one and stuff like when it was like you know, bare knuckle. Do when when people, when you if to be the ultimate, I mean, I have all of these UFCs from one, all the early ones, all the way through to about number ten, and and you know I watch yeah, them regularly. Yeah. And you had to win three fights in one night against different weight classes of people. So you could be in there against a sumo wrestler, against a kickboxer, against a wrestler, against a judo player. It could be yeah. anyone. There's also um, another ultimate fighter in this Royal Rumble somewhere yeah, we'll as well. Later on, yeah. Um, do you think it was Ken's slight lack of charisma that held him off getting the championship, the big one? Uh, <laughs> you're fucking trying to goad me to mention someone, aren't you? Oh uh, no, I'm not. Absolutely just... <laughs> not. This is a genuine question about about Ken about Ken Shamrock, and because I, an interview with Jim Cornette uh, with. I think it was on KFM commentaries. Right. So it's like when Brett was, you know, moaning about dropping the, the title to Shawn Michaels, Jim Cornette suggested just put him in there with Shamrock. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. You know, and I don't think anyone would have wanted that for Brett. But, you know, the guy was legitimately tough. He was just a, a you know, I, proper face. I, and go on. Do you think it was a lack of charisma? No, I thought he had charisma. I thought he had quite a, 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 more than someone else. Um, I mean, I know Jim Jim Ross also mentioned about him not being always not being the the model professional, always being on time for shows, not always showing up. But it, I think Ken, yeah, could have could have had something. The thing is, Ken Shamrock was this was not his only time in professional wrestling. He would he would he was in. Memphis or other places before as well. He'd he trained done... under Buzz Sawyer of all people. With with what? He trained under Buzz Sawyer, the, that that maniac. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you know he he um you know Ken Shamrock had, had had been in the professional wrestling business. He knew he knew what the business was about. You know, and there's that story from years ago about the Nasty Boys and him. You know, it, and that was years years back before this. Um, you know, so. You know, it, it's he, he knew about the wrestling business. He knew how it worked. Um, he legitimately had that that look about him, like he would fucking kick slightly your insane. ass. Yeah. He looked slightly insane with his, you know. I mean, look at look at him. Look at on the back of the VHS, right near where our faces are in this video. If you can <laughs> see, you know, him in the ankle lock, whenever he had someone in the ankle lock, he'd just be, he'd always just be screaming, ah, 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 like he wouldn't even be, you know, saying, oh, ref, check him, check him, ref, check him. He literally would just be opened wide-eyed, you know, screaming. 
Um, yeah, I don't think it was a little too far from his character at that point. No, it was it was great. You know, it's um, it, there's a such. I mean, uh, the King was on on fire in this in this. Uh, I, I've got. I think Michael Cole is still a little green. But King is, yeah, thick and fast with a comment, shouting at Ken Shamrock, he mooned your sister. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. And he's like, oh, he smells blood, he smells blood. And there's, yeah. it, it, Shamrock goes out to the side, right? And there's a load of kids. I've got this. <laughs> giving <laughs> like, him the finger. They're giving him the finger, right? They've all, like, literally a whole roll of about 20 people. And the King says, look, look, look at those kids. They think Shamrock's number one. Number one, yeah, that's quality it's just so good you know like it, the, the match itself is a little messy uh billy gunn hits his shoulder on a ring post uh shamrock then starts working over the leg you know standard sort of yeah stuff uh ken hits a perfect plex yeah which i quite liked uh, yes. for, a, for a close two very good and then our referee tim white i think it is gets wiped out by a clothesline like what were you doing there in the first place tim Get out of the way, and then like randomly, Val Venus comes out. I know he had a run in with Ken Shamrock a couple of weeks before, maybe on a Raw, which we don't we didn't go back to. But hits Ken with a DDT. Uh, it's a it's a really close two count as well. I I um I didn't like that style of DDT that he did just for just for an off. You know the DDT where you pull them so far round you can see them. Do like a, it's not like a front bump where it smacks the front of their face on the floor. It's where you pull them over and it looks like, and they go over rather than, you know what I mean? And it just yeah. doesn't, it don't look legit, man. That's one one thing I didn't like. I mean, I love Val Venus. Um, and, and there is. <laughs> There's a sound bite I didn't think I'd ever get. I love Val Venus, dude. Don't get me wrong, man. He's fucking great. And the thing is, was this, was this the lead up to Ryan Shamrock? stars in Val Venus's porno in the shower thing. Oh, I don't I can't I can't remember that far back without having to go back and watch because it. Because there's a there's a thing where Ryan Shamrock is it comes out with Val Venus and there's yeah. a they, they have a feud, a little feud, Val Venus and um Ken Shamrock. And it's like, yeah, they Shamrock's in the ring. Um uh, yeah. they, they show on the big screen Val Venus in the shower and yeah. Ryan yeah. Shamrock's in the shower with him. Um, that man couldn't keep it to himself, could he? He's so hello, ladies. Um, like I say, later on in this in this pay per view, there is a fan that is doing an ode to Val Venus, and it is fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's like smack bang in the middle of the screen for about four or five seconds and it is fucking amazing yeah uh, we had a great two count uh, fans are really into it and then Billy tapped to the ankle lock it was pretty quick yeah um, and we have you know our winner still still champion Ken Shamrock backstage we've got Vince with Shane and his stooges. Sorry, dude. We're going to cut away for the Silver Vision exclusive, aren't we? No, no. It, that bit about the um, about the, uh, the 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 Val Venus fan was in this match. It was on the second page of my notes. Basically, uh, you've got Val Venus comes running in, DDT Shamrock, and then the King goes, "Oh, I can't stand cheaters." 
Um, <laughs> and then you look to the crowd, right? And there is a fan with his shirt off, a towel on his head, a towel around his waist, and he's gyrating like that. I don't think I've got that. Oh, it's so good. It's amazing. And it's during this match. It is absolutely fantastic. It is. Does it does it beat the double denim guy with the sting mask? Dude, yes, it is. Okay. Like you can't miss it. He's literally like this, right? Just like you know, get gy- I'm going to gyrate for our video viewers. And, but he's got his shirt off. He's taken his shirt off, and he's got like a towel on his head. And it's it's just, oh, it is amazing bit of like the fans were white hot, man. I mean, this was California, height of the Attitude Era. Um, so many signs. Um, signs would be involved in matches as well, getting thrown at, at people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the point where you saw the gyrating fan with his shirt off. Brilliant. Sorry. Backstage with uh, yeah, Vince, Shane, and uh, Briscoe and Patterson. And Vince, I noticed this because Vince is wearing WBF joggers. Oh, so good. He must the have pulled out some serious dead stock. <laughs> I mean, how long ago has the WBF been gone? But man, you know what? Yeah, Vince was hitting that Ico Pro. Oh, lovely that stuff, Ico Pro baby. That'll that'll rip you out to to shreds. Well, yeah, we only made a joke of it earlier about someone else, didn't we? But we won't. <laughs> <make>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, we won't share that on the air. Um, um, our next match uh, is it's an e, it's just EU, um, the European Championship. It's Gangrel and X-Buck, our champion. And this is where I noted DX, uh, it's a pretty DX-heavy show. Um, Indeed. They clearly, they must be, they're, they're over by far, but, you know, they're in every match so far. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit weird. I, um, uh, I'm a huge fan of Gangrel. I don't think anyone has ever done the vampire gimmick like Dave. Um, lovely guy. I've met him before. I'll keep saying it again. Met him. Got a, a sick picture with him. Got his autograph. Really lovely bloke. Um, if, if people don't know, he was um, with the lovely Luna Vachon uh, for a very long time. He. This was the time where he was the leader of the brood. Um, with Edge and Christian. Uh, there's signs in the crowd that says Brood got blood. Um, you know, it was, it was, Gangrel was fucking over, man. He really was. And if I'm honest, I would have loved to have seen him with some gold. But the fact is, his character didn't need a strap to make him legitimate. No. Uh, it didn't. You're right. He was, uh, his character was strong enough that he didn't need <clears throat> championships to hold stuff. Now, this is a good match. Good, Really good match. Really good match, yeah. yeah. Um, Michael Cole is starting to annoy me. Um, he said so far in every match, both men will do double duty and... You know, they're both in the rumble and it's like, all right, you said that already. We sort of know. There was, like, there was no dynamic... Yeah, there was no dynamic between him and the King. The King kept this going um, with just his, his great... I mean, if it wasn't for the King, it would have been absolutely dead yeah, this is, commentary. Yeah, this is the King's best. 
like for sure. This is Jerry Lawler like playing cheerleader for you know the corporation and stuff. It's it's some of his best work. You know, he says. He says Gang Gangrel would make a great European champion. Uh, that's where Transylvania is, right? <laughs> Got that. Um, there's a, a double arm underhook belly to belly suplex. I've got that written down as well from Gangrel. Brilliant. It's just, it's just incredible, yeah. Gangrel could wrestle. Yeah, lots of kicks from X Park, lots of, you know, spin kicks and, you know, leg lariat type things. Something you would expect from from the kid, as they like to call him. Uh, King notes that it's past 1am in the UK. And it's a thrill for the people of South Africa, where it's past three in the morning. Yeah, to hear, to the, hear king. the king. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, this match is just it's so smooth. It's just really well done. Um, Gangrel misses a flying elbow. You get that. Flying clothesline from X Park, where he it's he's he's not flying from the top rope. He just runs like hits him with the clothesline, flips over. I always thought it was really good. And yeah. we get a we get a Bronco Buster as well. Which... We get a Bronco Buster, you know. And the good the good thing <laughs> that he actually <coughs> split his asshole doing one of them once. I'm trying to have a drink, man. I'm sorry. He actually, yeah, he actually split his his ring piece doing that once. Um, a Bronco Buster. But, I mean, um, Gan- Gangrel was great in this match. He was, you know, he's legitimately tough. I mean, he's fucking massive in real life. Um, it looked like he got a three count as well. He did look like he got a three count. And, like I say, he... He just kept coming, like they even say in commentary, like he's just, he's relentless Gangrel. He just kept coming back and coming back. Um, There's there's a reverse, like there's a flying crossbody that gets reversed. And Teddy Long is our referee. Yes, yes. And carries on. And it's like, and you get the uh, you fucked up chance from the small section of the crowd. Yeah. And Gangrel runs into an X Factor. Yeah. And X Buck wins. DX's first win of the night. And uh, yeah, like I said, I loved it. It was really good. Like, like the best, the best of the non sort of main match, best of the undercard matches for me. I'll, uh, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, we cut over to Kevin Kelly. Unless Silver Vision have got anything for me. No, we've got Kevin Kelly and Degeneration X and X Park comes running in just after the match to make this um, this interview. All we've got really, and that's all I took away is uh, Triple H says every man for himself, and like and China dips in and says and woman, and that's it. That's right. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> we have a very young Shane McMahon walk into the ring. Uh, to introduce Luna, can she I, takes on Sable in a strap match for the women's championship. Can I just quickly pop my light on? It's a bit dark. I've never done this during yeah, the yeah. show before. Just to just to show me face, just to show me face a little bit more. Not that anybody wants to see it, but um, because it was light when we started, I didn't have me light on, but now it's a little bit brighter, so people can. See us a little bit. I see. I had this problem in episode one when someone told me it was getting dark. So yeah. I had to keep it forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a strap match. Uh, 
for the women's championship, and it's a, it's a weird one. Um, Shane demands that Sable come out and forfeit the championship after her back injury, um, and Shane joins the commentary team because Sable refuses. She says, "Ring the bell." What? And this match, this match has a lot, a lot of like issues and a lot of back story to it. There's, there's, there's yeah. a lot. Um, and I don't really want to say too many bad things about Sable because we, you know, Brock Lesnar would come and kill us. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily <laughs> that. So this whole pay per view um, in 1999, a huge, huge amount of backstage stuff can be seen on this documentary right here called Beyond the Map. What a show that was. One of the greatest wrestling documentaries you will ever see. Um, WWF allowed um, allowed the people that made it, um, Barry Blaustein or Bla- Bluestein, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. So uh, Barry was allowed backstage at WWF. They signed off all his footage. WCW would not sign off his footage. Um and you see a lot of stuff going on in a lot of the th- this this pay-per-view is heavily heavily featured in this documentary so if you're going to watch Royal Rumble 1999 no chance in hell also watch Beyond the Mat as well which I also have on VHS obviously um you would see um Vince Russo talking to Sable and Luna in the documentary saying when they're trying to Blaustein's trying to explain how wrestling works and all this and you've got you've got Vince Russo just saying right just sell the back just sell the back sell the back to the point where we don't think you're going to be able to compete was his actual line I've seen beyond the mat so many times I know it fucking line by line so literally you've got Vince Russo saying look sell the back to the point where they don't think you're going to continue anymore and then it cuts to footage of Sable just before this match coming out uh, selling the back selling the back not very well not very well fucking poorly and instead of going in on Sable no fuck it I'm going to go in on Sable right um yeah, sorry, dude. Yeah. If, if if Brock wants to come and see me, he can come and see me, bruv. He, I'm easy to find. He, Mr. Lesnar, come and find me. Anyway. Even then, you called him Mr. Lesnar, so you're still a bit worried. Oh, well, obviously, the geezer's a beast. He, he, you know, he could, um, you know... <laughs> like, I think Joe Rogan's got a bit about Brock Lesnar where it says he would use me as a condom to fuck someone else. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> in a bit he's like no if he wants to fuck you he will fuck you like you he would just you know you've you can't do anything um so yeah i'm i am gonna go in on sable a little bit because i really like luna vachon and i really like gangrel and i've heard many a story from both of them about what happened in this little you know situation between Luna Vachon and Sable where basically Luna Vachon she comes from the wrestling family the Vachons she messed up her voice box because she because she tried to speak like mad dog um 
all throughout her life and she messed it up where the point where she damaged her vocal cords <laughs> um you know and all luna wanted to ever be was wwf women's champion it was one of her dreams you know she had a lot of demons even um gangrel says in a really really good shoot interview you know he says look they had real both of them had bad drug alcohol problems um luna was she had her issues and stuff and she stopped drugs for a bit and then she started going back on them and that's when they reckon she died because of that uh, so rest in peace luna vashon but basically sable was uh let, let me just try and put this a little bit nicer she was like she was like a fucking good politician let's just say should we um let's do that she was supposed to drop the strap to luna vachon on possibly three different occasions and for whatever reason reason she never did um she managed to always either politic her way out of it or give another spin oh but okay well maybe let's not do that let's do this or blah 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 so it led to Luna Vachon and attacking Sable while everybody was eating lunch uh, one day and um, Gangrel sitting there. He, Gangrel, can you imagine, dude? Gangrel and um, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon Helmsley were like really good friends um, and they used to eat lunch together. Can you imagine like Gangrel and, and, you know, Steph McMahon like just sitting there e eating and whatever and, you know, Sable sitting at the table and Luna comes in, grabs Sable, you know, starts smashing her on the table. Food's going everywhere. And uh, Gangrel's just looking up at Steph and just eating like, ah, yeah, great. Look what's, <laughs> what's going on, <laughs> you know. So um, and then basically Mark Merrow said something in front of Gangrel and said, you know, oh, that she's fucking mental or whatever. And he said, look, I'm not being funny, like. I don't want any part of what they're arguing about. He said, but don't just sit here and talk shit about Luna to my face and think that I'm not going to do anything. Like, you know, she's my missus. Like, don't think you can just chat shit. Um, and then I think um, Gangrel ended up sparking Mark Mero as well. So there's a lot of heated um, backstage stuff going on between Luna and, and Sable. There, there was for a long time. And this is... You well, you even highlighted some things to me about this match. Yeah, the, that... stuff, the stuff I've got <clears throat> is that Sable complained that Luna worked too stiff. And, I mean, is it stiff? Who knows? I mean, I couldn't see anything that was... But Sable weren't a wrestler, bro. Yeah, that, that's part, partially it. Sable wasn't a wrestler. And, you know, Jim Cornette would complain and openly in you know booking meetings at the time because they would spend more time worrying about what sable would be wearing than on actual wrestling and you know jim's a wrestling guy yeah so it used to drive him up the wall um the match itself is the strap match and sable starts going in with the strap like and you know we spoke about strap matches before in other episodes and i think it was buff bagwell and scotty riggs yeah and that's not, it's not fun. It's not easy to take those sort of welts. And you notice in the match that Sable gets all the strap, like 
she hits Luna a ton of times with the strap. The amount of times that Luna hits Sable with the strap, zero. Yeah, if anything, Luna wraps the strap around her hands and then pulls punches and starts attacking the back. And even when Luna was attacking the back, she wasn't really hitting her. Um, She wasn't really laying in the shots at all. And I've got here, this match is just hokey. It's not It's not very good. It's horrible. I would have loved to have seen Luna just choke the shit out of Sable, drag her around the ring with the strap, and then just hit the four corners and get the title. His name's Chris, Brock, if you're listening. It's Chris. No, is it? <laughs> I don't give a shit, man. No, you know, she weren't a wrestler. Um, she was there for TNA. Um, not... Total non-stop action. Um, but she was there for TNA. Um, Luna was a legit wrestler. She, you know, is from one of the most feared wrestling families in the business. And she was made to basically fucking work so light that it looked hokey. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot going on in this match. Um, a fan jumps and Baron clocks Luna before she can hit the fourth turnbuckle. This would later on be Tory, is that right? Uh, yes, that is Tory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this fan. And it was a stalker, car. weren't it? Apparently, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, again, not it's not a great story, and that's and Sable gets the win, and there we go, we move on. Um, and in the back, we have a really like it's almost like a two-second sort of cut of the boss man telling Shamrock and Test about how they're going to, you know, get, get the, the money. Bounty. Yeah. yeah, that's it. We have a really long promo video because up next is the I Quit match for the WWF Championship. And it's uh, it's going to be the Rock and Mankind. We have a really long promo sort of vid, like detailing their whole histories, even going back as from, from, I think, the Survivor Series of 98. And what uh, what will happen there? And you know, at the time, mankind is the champion. And he, it's a funny. There is a funny uh, little clip where he says Rock's not championship material when he turns down his title match. Yeah. West. Yeah. He's on Raw. Yeah. Um, and we've got Doc our Doc Hendricks appearance. Uh, he's with the he's with the Rock, and the Rock and Rock just goes off with his catchphrases. That's that's what I got here. Um, he's going to prove he's the great one. He is brilliant on the mic. This, well, this promo as well, you see backstage footage of this promo in Beyond the Mat. Again, this whole event is is documented in Beyond the Mat. Um, it, it's one of the great rock promos where he says, uh, do, do, do you know what really befuddles the rock? Um, he used the word befuddles. Um, it, it's great. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're playing up that this match, they're already playing up that this match will not be stopped for anything, including yeah. excessive blood, um, which is something we will get to. Um, and you've got to remember as well, this mankind was the face in this mankind was the good guy um when he won the title he was lifted on people's shoulders um you know uh he 
The Rock was the heel. He was the corporation. It was the corporate elbow. It weren't the people's elbow. Yeah. The problem with this is that The Rock is so good on the mic that when he does, when his music hits and he makes his way to the ring, there's big cheers. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, like it's just, I mean, he's just, he's just too good on the mic for... So it's like, you know, yeah, I'll try and bring up a slightly more recent one. Uh, Mr. Kennedy. Yep. He's too good on the mic to be a heel. I mean, he did. they did try and push him as the heel and stuff, but because he had the catchphrases and stuff, it just it, it didn't work. He was too good. He wasn't too good in the ring, obviously. But... No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to mention TNA again. You mentioned Mr. Kennedy. Um, he was he was even good. Mr. In... Anderson, sorry for any. Mr. Anyone, Anderson, yeah. It... Anyone ever watched TNA and accidentally watched it for a minute or two? When he was in that, he was Mr. Anderson. He was in Aces and Eights. Do you remember them? No. No. So he was in a little faction with uh, the Dudley Boys and all that, and he turned. Uh, there was a match between Sting and. Bubba Ray Dudley, Dudley, uh, where Sting or Bubba Ray had pulled the corner of the ring back just to show the wood on the ring, and he was gonna uh, slam Sting down anyway. Mr. Anderson came down and uh, was supposed to give him the hammer, and ended up just throwing it and screwing him over. And then he got in into um, Bubba Ray's face, and he was like, "Do you know what my name is, Mister?" And then, like you say, the catchphrases. He was he was very good on the mic. You know, and yeah. the mic used to come down from the ceiling and he used to grab it. Um, it was good. Yeah, it was, a, it was really good. It was a really good bit. It mainly it didn't really click for him in the ring. I know he he was meant to get he was meant to get a title run, but he got injured and Edge, the ultimate opportunist, if you will, yeah, uh, was given that run. Um, and yeah, it was yeah. Anyway, well, that was a my quick run off to. Mr. Kennedy. Yeah. But check out those sideburns on the rock. Oh, they were. Oh, great. Beautiful. Yeah. Incredible, almost pork shop style sideburns that he's got. Uh, Jerry Lawler like pays a little tribute to his good friend Jim Ross and says that this will be the ultimate slobber knocker. He ain't wrong. No. It's... This is yeah. Um, Mankind makes his way out to some cheers, not. I, I don't even think it's as a bigger pop for the you know as he gets for the rock. Well, like, like you say, it's up. probably been watered down because they've already seen him once that night. And yeah, that's right. Second appearance of the evening. Our referee is that cheater, Earl Hebner. No one likes Earl. <laughs> and this is the second I quit match we've done. And this is a billion times better than the one we did before. Yeah, the one we did before was WrestleMania 11. It was Brett the Hitman Hart versus uh, Bob Backlund, yeah. and it had the special guest referee of Rowdy Roddy Piper. And um, it was hideous. It was hideous. It was comical. They made it too jokey. This was anything but funny. Now, they did have a couple of laughs in there. You know, when Mankind hits the rock with the microphone and, you know... The Rock is, you know, he's got the microphone in the Rock's face, and Rock says, "I'm going to kick your fat ass and stuff like that." You know, it's like, yeah, you can kiss the Rock's ass. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, they can just slide in a few jokes, like, but still keep that it's a championship match. And well, this is, yeah, this is just, this is incredible. I mean, there, it does, it does take a turn. 
I will say, but we'll get to that. Uh, Mankind takes that bump into the steel steps, which has always been like a... Fantastic. Yeah, really good stuff. <laughs> the Rock takes Michael Cole's headset. Yeah. And he tells the king to shut his mouth. Like, just going through that whole, you know, rock shtick. Yeah. Um, Mankind gets a chair um, and uses it on The Rock, hits a double arm DDT while still trying to, you know, stick the mic in his face and get him to, uh, get him to quit. He uh, pulls out Mr. Socko. That nasty, stinking, filthy sock, as King would say, and uh, puts Rock down, and then uh, he says he's going to split that ridiculous eyebrow. It's yeah, it's great. I uh, yeah, I was chuckling at that one. Yeah. Um. It yeah, it's just it's just a hell of a brawl. This like really something. This is, I think it's the best match they had. Yeah, it was. I mean, up until, up until the end. Up until the end, because. Again, I'll keep referring to Beyond the Map because anyone who wants to know the backstory of this match, um, Mick Foley obviously was the champion and he had his wife and his kids at ringside for this match. And I, I still think that was Mick's own fault. It was Mick's own fault, but he wasn't to know that this match would go to the place that it went. Do you know what I mean? Um it, yeah, we, we we will we will we'll get to that bit because there there was a bit um so you can you can see they they go out they go out into the crowd and they're brawling and stuff and I, I mean as Mick comes into the ring at the beginning of the match you can see his daughter Noel and his wife at the side of the ring just as they get in and then they have another they match goes on for a bit and then they go brawling into the crowd uh, right by where they are again. And then as they get back out, the rock, as you can see on the VHS case right on the front here, the rock grabs the bell, puts it on Mick there's, Foley's... There's one bit before that. There's the, the belly to belly over the barricade. Yes. That the rock does to mankind. And yes. it's really, really tremendous. That Brutal. Is. I mean, and... whatever you want to say about Mick Foley and whatever people say about Mick Foley... The stuff he would do in the ring and allow people to do to him just looked so legit and so badass that you can't say that the guy weren't a wrestler. He he consistently put himself on the line. Consistently. And the rock gets the gets the ring bells you can see on the cover of the uh of the VHS or the DVD copy or whatever. And he starts, he puts the bell on like Mankind's head and starts ringing it with the hammer and then gets on the mic and sings Bells Will Be Ringing. It's so good. But he, and and he actually sings, yeah, he sings it, the bells will be ringing. And then he puts the bell on his head again, bang, and dings it. You know, it was, it's good stuff. These two great characters having a fucking shit kicking match was just, oh, it was good stuff, man. Now, they try and they get onto the Spanish announce table. This announce this table is clearly green, doesn't matter how it works. Yep. <laughs> you know, blown he, the table blew its own spot because it collapsed underneath him. Yeah. And I'm sick of seeing untrained tables. Yeah. 
in the wrestling business. Untrained announce tables that don't know yeah. when to break, and they're breaking before people can rock bottom through them. It was it's disgusting. Like that one breaking WCW like in '96 with yeah. the public that. Like these tables, you know, they need to learn how to work. That's right. That's my take on that. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah, tables that can't work. <laughs> As um, a DDT on the floor by The Rock, it just you know, and then and then they go, uh, yeah, they head back out on the they head well, they head back out the into the entrance way. That's where the DDT is, and you're hearing Rocky chants. Yeah, and not what you want to hear for your top heel. <laughs> but he's also he's also um, got people throwing signs at him as well. So yeah. there, there's people, you know, and there would be later on people screaming, telling him to stop as well in the crowd. Yeah, there would be. Mankind elbows a ladder. Yep. Um, then they climb up above, like, the entranceway into, like, I guess there would be the cheap seats. And... Mankind falls onto these speakers, are they? Yeah, it's like uh, they called it the electrical uh, electrical station or something. You know, it's yes. loads of wires and, like, speakers, but it doesn't look soft. It's definitely not a soft yeah, landing. He, he bounces off it. He bounces off it and, yeah. you know, there's some sparks and the lights go out. And Shane comes out. Shane O'Mac. Comes out and to, I suppose, to try and end the match and say, this is it, you know, he's done. And The Rock is having none of it. He says, you know, he, he really lays it, he lays it on thick, he's laying into him. And this is where it's going to get uncomfortable because he brings out the handcuffs. And handcuffs Mankind behind his back. Mankind fights back a little bit. And this is the bit where I, uh, he knees him, he drops him, he lays him on the floor and then just knees him in the balls. And yeah. I'm like, or as King calls the corporate jewels. And I I went back a bit. I was like, oh, fuck. It looked painful. <laughs> the Rock was properly screaming as well when it happened. And may I say as well, Mick was already bleeding at this point from the head. And yeah. again, people, please watch beyond the map because you see... I mean, Mick already had a scar which was already open on his head before this match even started from stuff that had gone on previously weeks before. He was already, his head was fucked already and needed plastic surgery before this match even started. And when you see what happens to him after this match on Beyond the Mat, you look at his head and you think, fuck me. Um... Uh, yeah, he has to see a plastic surgeon and all sorts. So, yes, uh, he's he's got his hands handcuffed behind his back. Um, yeah, the rock grabs a chair, and um, yeah. and it's time for the most electrifying move in sports entertainment. It's the corporate elbow. Yeah, with a straight, with from, a, tight, straight from Titan Towers. Yeah, yeah, with a chair on Foley's head. So depending on whether you count that as a chair shot or not, it does it changes the number. Because then because 
Mankind refuses to give up. The he rock actually stuff. says. He actually says. Uh, the Rock says, "Do you give up, you fat piece of piss, or something?" And he says, yeah. "You'll have to kill me, Rock." Is what he and says. And then, yeah, Rock takes it literally. He takes it literally, and he tries to fucking kill him. We have two unprotected chair shots pretty quickly, just straight to the head. And at this point, you hear Jerry Lawler say, "Yeah, that's enough." Yeah. And I, I don't think that's Jerry's. I don't think that's the King character. I think he's seen enough already. Um, We get up to five chair shots and Cole and King uh, saying, come on, like, he's had enough. This is is five unprotected chair shots to the top and the front of the head. And then, I mean, as it goes on, he gets... The rock ends up clouting him on the back of the head a few times as well. Yeah, and like I've got here because it's not fun anymore. It gets up to ten. Yeah. Ten chairs. And I'm I've I didn't want to watch anymore. And and neither did Mick Foley's wife or children who mm. were sitting at ringside. In Beyond the Map, uh the guy that makes the documentary goes back to Mick after the match and says to him, have you seen the match? And he says, yeah. He says, do you want to see your children and your wife's reactions during the match? And he makes Mick Foley watch his kids' reactions to what was happening in in the ring. And bear in mind at the beginning, Mick takes his kids out to meet the Rock, and he says, "Oh, you know, you know, Dad, you know, Dadu and 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 Rocky are just playing, right? You know." And the Rock's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, we've been doing, guys. You know, everything's cool. You know, me and your dad are just blah blah blah." But when you're seeing the Rock crack your dad in the head with a metal chair, with with your hands, with his hands tied behind his back so he can't protect himself. This is something that they don't do in wrestling in WWF anymore, isn't it? Well, no, yeah, there's no unprotected chair shots anymore. And they rarely do chair shots as well. They rarely do them to the head now. It's always to the to the body, yeah. to the back. There was, there was a couple of chair shots where Rock would do it to the back of his head as he was like going down kind of thing and it looked like the edge of the chair rather than the actual flat bit of the chair as well and it's like fuck man like I mean even um, even Mick says you know like even I was a bit pissed at the rock after this one Um, and you know it, it I mean people like to say wrestling is predetermined it's this it's this it's this you cannot fake being hit in the head with a metal chair. You can't. And you can't um, you can't fake it ten times and you know a good two or three to the back of the head. Um and this end of this match is where I I get pissed off with something that happens. Would you okay. like me to elaborate? Because it's an I quit match. And basically what happens is the chair shots, they're doing it in the middle of the ring. Mankind rolls out of the ring. The rock follows him, keeps hitting him up the aisle way. And they get to nine and 10 at the back of the head. 
Mick Foley hits the floor and you can see he is not moving. He is, he is out. He is completely out. And The Rock puts stands over him, puts the mic to his face. You can see his face isn't moving and then they play over the tannoy. I quit, I quit. The that they used on that Mick had... Uh, he'd done a bit on heat and he used that clip, yeah. And Rock wins. Yeah. Rock wins. Rock is the new champion. He is brutal. He's fucking brutal. That it's is. brutal. Very brutal. Uh, it's know, up Rock, there. It's... Rock gets his heat, his heat, though. He gets his heel heat. Which oh, is, yeah. You know, I mean, for someone that was getting cheered at the beginning of the match, I mean, it's he kicks the stretcher over. I mean, that's proper heel. He kicks it over, so he, he kicks it. He moves people out of the way so he can stand over mankind. He, he actually oh, kicks the oh. medical. Yeah, he kicks the medical guy who's there helping Mick Foley trying to take his mask off. Nothing, um, nothing not as bad as uh, Abdullah the Butcher though kicking a stagehand. No, it's not quite there. I mean, no. this pay per view would be the ultimate. Let's just say heel heat pay per view. Um. Eventually, event because you don't often see, and I always, I always say this: it's good to let heels win. Sometimes you need to let the heels win, and you need to let them be fucking brutal and dastardly and cheat, and you've got to let them get their heat because then ultimately, when the good guy wins again, it is just boom. And the heels, the the corporation. Yeah, and the heels are getting their heat, and the rock oh. really is hot. Mick Mick Foley refuses a stretcher and gets helped out on his feet. Um, like I said, this is an incredible match, just a really uncomfortable ending. So anyone that doesn't enjoy watching those chair shots anymore, just just don't. Like there's ten, so you can skip that. You know, we, we're telling you what happened. So we get a really long promo vid for. Well, it's, it should be for the Royal Rumble match itself, but it's just Austin. <laughs> it's just Austin. It's just Austin um, showing you. I tell you what was a really good match that they glossed over in this as well. The um, the Undertaker Austin uh, buried alive match. Yeah, that's good. And bear in mind, that. you know Austin was fucked at this time. His neck and his back were absolutely screwed. He couldn't didn't have but feeling. He wouldn't, he wouldn't leave until. He wouldn't stop going. He would carry on till Survivor Series, wouldn't he? Just before Survivor Series. That yeah. was when he decided he would get the work done again. Uh, it is Rumble time. Uh, Howard Finkel was explaining the rules. Jerry Lawler is ripping him in, ripping into him. He's saying, uh, yeah, shut up. Just yeah. get on with it. Yeah, move on. We know the rules. Yeah. And yeah, we get a, we get a big pop for Austin. You know, he is he is the number one guy in the company. And Jerry Lawler insists that Vince has never lost a match in his life. Yeah, he says <laughs> he says he's never had one. He says he's never yeah. lost a match in his life. Uh, and Vince comes out and he is ripped. Like much like we saw on Heat, he's oiled, he's ripped, he's looking, you know, really, really strong. The ICO pro's kicking in. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's and the the place goes absolutely nuts. Austin gets Vince in the corner and starts stomping that mud hole. He, I, yeah. I've got written on my notes, um, Austin number one pops, 
Vince number two ripped. Bell equals mud holes. Um, yeah. And it's. <laughs> Uh, where, where's our director of mud holes when we need him? Where's Dusty Rhodes, the, yeah. the director of mud holes? Um, Austin, he's... Yeah, Austin stomps on his balls, uh, Vince's balls, and like, yeah, the place loves it, everything. And we get to number three, because I've got every I've got every guy listed here for some reason. I Me too, why. bro. Um, the thing is as well, they keep Cole keeps mentioning, where would you see a CEO of a Fortune 500 company Um yeah you know, doing this or looking like this. And he keeps mentioning that, you know, CEO of a Fortune 500 company uh, in that. But I yes, so we... I don't remember Ted Turner jumping into World War Three or, or war games. So. No, no. Yeah, suck it, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah. Vince McMahon gave us every fucking match on the VHS, Ted. He did. He gave you everything here. Um, number three, Golga. From the oddities, uh, it would be it's John Tenter slash Earthquake slash Shark. Yeah, um, and yeah, Austin just launches him. He's, he He's he got... comes in wearing a leather mask and a, and a Cartman from South Park t shirt. Cartman t shirt, yeah. Uh, and Austin and Vince go into the crowd at this point, and there's a sign that says McMahon's on juice. Yeah. King. <laughs> no, he. He, no, he isn't. And I'll just put underneath, yeah, that's the Ico Pro. It's the Ico that's Pro, that. man. Vince yeah. on the juice. And the corporation of, I think it's Test and Shamrock, a boss man, uh, yep. lying in wait for Austin in a women's toilet. Yeah, in the women's in toilet, women's yeah. Because at this point, they, they go into the crowd fighting, Golga's just been eliminated, and then basically number four, Darren Droz, ends up... Cute. Just puke. He's gonna puke. Um, he, he's um. Isn't that on Beyond the Mat as well? That is on Beyond the Mat as well, guys. Please watch Beyond yeah. the Mat. Fucking hell! Mat it is. Good. You know, Darren Drozdov when he when he starts training, they he, he can throw up on command, and he was actually gonna be called puke. And he rings up his mum. He goes, "Mum, you're gonna be proud of me. I'm now puke." Um, yeah. but he couldn't. The pressure of Vince McMahon. Look, but do you want do you want some coffee? You, you, <laughs> yeah. do, do, you want some, do you want some coffee? Do you want a drink? But you're gonna throw up? You're gonna puke? He's gonna puke. Yeah, that is incredible. One, that is, it's that's so, such a great clip. It's amazing. It is a look beyond the mat. Is a a really good look behind the scenes of WWF. It is a really good look at wrestlers in general. Um, excuse me, blooming yawning. Um, a good look at um. Uh, Mankind, aka Mick Foley. A anyone, good... For anyone that's listening, Chris yawned and he hasn't had his Ico Pro yet. So... I ain't had my Ico Pro yet, man. Ico Pro shake. But to, uh... I have had my juice. Um, I've got oh, my he's on the juice. It's cranberry and strawberry today, guys. I'm going to cover over the brand so we don't get oh, accused of product placement. It's really good stuff. Last week it was blueberry juice. But um, this is the good stuff. But yeah, it's um. I, a, I'm on the Pepsi again. I, I don't care who I'm talking it's about. It's Pepsi. You know, Maybe we we'll get Pepsi. a sponsorship, dude. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Beyond the Mat is a really good look into. Um, it's got Jake the Snake Roberts on there. It's got um a, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, Droz waits on his own for number five to come in. Who's Edge? Yep. He's a young, and I'll say it, skinny Edge. It is a very skinny edge. He's very, yeah, he's uh, he's moved on from the days of Sexton, Hardcastle or whatever, or Damon. 
<laughs> this was Brood Edge. Yeah, and uh, Jerry Lawler just keeps talking about Austin and Vince like there's not another match going on in the ring. They would um, keep cutting backwards and forwards, though, out to what was going on because there would be stuff continually yeah. going on Austin, during the match. Austin's about to be stretched out and put in an ambulance. Yeah. Number six. Now, this <laughs> is a good one. It's Gilberg. It's Gilberg. And Gilberg. his entrance... Was just amazing. You had the people with the the, the sparklers, and then they'd put him out with a fire thing, and he would yeah, uh, give it that. Because what was his name? Like Johnny Gill or something. Wayne Gill. Yeah. Dwayne Gill. That's it. Yeah. Um, and he was Gilberg. It was it's just amazing. It was a good rip. I think it was, it was you know, something to keep you laughing, and you know, I'm sure Bill didn't quite enjoy it. But, uh, this music was great because it was Gilberg. Gilberg. They'd always accused WCW of piping in the Goldberg chants. So I think it was just a way to keep knocking them. Uh, number seven, because Gilberg just gets pushed out. That's it. He's yeah. done. Number, yeah, number seven is the lethal weapon. Or I've, I think he's a bounty hunter now, isn't he? Steve, yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've that picture, yeah. Steve Blackman. What character? He was he part of Team Head Cheese or whatever it was. And yeah, he, he, had, he had a huge match with Shane at a SummerSlam. It was great. Like, yeah, it was a hardcore yeah. match. Yeah. And um, King King has predicted that Steve Blackman's gonna win the Rumble. Um King gets a lot of picks. You know, he picks a lot of guys to win. It's, it's quality <laughs> heel commentating that. It's, it, but that's classic Bobby the Brain Heenan stuff. And, I mean, I'm going to say this like now because nothing's really happening in this rumble at the minute. It's just, it is just name, name by name running in because they're just sort of like punch, punch kick sort of stuff. Because number eight is the winner of two UFC one night tournaments. It's Dan the Beast. Seven. Dan the Beast Severin. Yep. And this, I mean, this guy is double tough, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Dan Severin, he, he was he, the beast. Ken Shamrock, you know, I think they traded wins. I think Shamrock might have beaten him once. Yeah. And yeah, these two, like, I mean, yeah, Dan is in and he's, I think he's a little bit past it at this point as well, though. He uh, he entered the brawl for as well, didn't he? Yes, correct. And. Yeah, this, I mean, we, we're cracking on again. Number nine, Tiger Ali Singh. And this is the bit where I go, there's no... I said, there's there's little action. There's not exactly huge stars here. No, I mean, it's funny, though, but I actually used to like Tiger Ali Singh, the <laughs> fact that he, when I was a kid, because he used to come... He used to sit there in the crowd with his dad, uh, Tiger Jeet Singh. Yeah. And they used to just mock people and take the piss. Um, and that I thought that was quite funny. But, yeah, I mean, he was a fairly big guy, um, size-wise. But, yeah. Um, yeah, not big stars. And, yeah, uh, I mean, next up is the Blue Meanie. You know, from the job squad, he's... This is uh, this is Meanie when he's uh, a little bit overweight and he's, you know, doing his, yeah, his jiggle. Sort of reminds me of uh, the kid from the Goonies. Yeah, doing the yeah. truffle shuffle. Doing the truffle shuffle, yeah. Um, just before you see the Meanie, you see Austin in the ambulance. Yeah. And he's he's going to get carted away. 
Number eleven, Mosh. It was meant to be Mosh, but you go. We cut to the back. Well, this is a this is a staple of Vince Russo. Cut into the back whenever you can. Yeah, you missed it as well though, because we didn't. We the only reason we knew it was Mosh is because they said it was Mosh, but yeah, you couldn't see Mosh. what the fuck was going on. Um, but he gets beaten up by Mabel, and Mabel just takes his place. Like you know, Rumble rules. Just do what you want. Yep. Mabel comes out and he dumps out uh, Dan the Beast. He dumps out Steve Blackman and. Tiger Ali. Tiger Ali, yeah, and uh, he gets rid of Draws and Meanie as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then yeah, we he just does all that in like the space of like ninety seconds. Yeah, because Road Dog is up next. Road Dog gets another decent pop. One of the biggest stars in this rumble, which again, like, it's a little bit void of star power. This one, Edge hits Mabel low. And then uh, Road Dog throws out Edge. And before anything else can happen, the lights go again. Yeah. And Undertaker's music hits. I'm surprised he's not in the Rumble. Yeah, maybe he was um, injured at this time or something. Um, Or they were trying to build the uh, Ministry of Darkness because this is where they kidnap Mabel. Um, Yeah. Acolytes of Midian attack Mabel. And it, uh, they bring him to the Undertaker. The Undertaker starts talking in riddles to him about God knows what. And they take him away. Chris's favourite wrestler is back out next. Um, just just after um, Ron Simmons falls over as they're going back out to the back, he trips over something. As they're, Someone tries uh, to just push him back up, didn't they? Yeah, it's funny as fuck, man. Ron Simmons just literally falls over. It's brilliant. And then, yes, one of my favourite wrestlers comes out again. Number 13 as well, of course. Lucky number for some, not for him, because he's, he's in there, what, 20 seconds? He's in and out quick, which pissed me off. Gangrel, and it's Gangrel. Uh, my road dog, who seems to be the the, the new favourite to win the rumble. <laughs> Fourteen, one of Chris's other favourite wrestlers, Kurgan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kurgan is a unit, but he's got no charisma. Bless him. No, he's not. He's he's, he's from the oddities. Um, yeah. Wearing tie dye, not as good as the American Dream Dusty Rhodes tie dye from our last yeah. episode. I mean. We're talking about like star power and how there's none because next up it's uh it's what does everybody vacuum. want? It's a vacuum, yeah, of Al Snow because he oh boy, Al Snow. I remember someone talking about him being a big star in TNA. I don't think that's true either. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been me. Um, they, there's a few chants for head. Um exactly. The, the styrofoam head's more popular now. That says it all. Yeah, man. And Road Dog, Road Dog does us all a favour and chucks him out. Very quickly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, now, here, this, this one made me laugh because 16 is gold dust. And, you know, he'd had a weird year in 98, uh, Dustin, because he'd been dressing up in all sorts over the year. And then he found religion and all that. And now he's back as gold dust again. And Jerry Lawler says the acorn doesn't fall fall too far from the tree, and that that applies to gold dust. I'm like, okay, he's having a pop at Dusty. Well, clearly, yeah, but I just I'm not sure how that works. I don't remember Dusty dressing up in all gold, and 
polka dots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a. Now, this is a Road Warrior pop, number seventeen. Yeah, but it's it's more than likely for the hose. <laughs> the Godfather comes out and he's got his hose with him. Yeah, and there's a chant going of "We want hose," and also I'm like, I mean, you couldn't do this nowadays, could you? And no, and the king's like, "Where are the hose going?" Like when they're, you know, he stops them halfway down the runway. The Godfather says, "Oh no, just wait there because it's dangerous." You know, like, um, yeah. you know, we we've also just got. Uh, the road dog in in the ring, mocking gold dust, like giving it the yes, he you does know, that. mocking him. Um, yeah, Godfather with the hose. Number eighteen is Kane, and he's one of the bigger the bigger guys in this rumble. He comes, he just you know, Kane. I think he's got he had at one point the all time record for eliminations. Because he just launches Road Dog, Kurgan, Godfather, Gold Dust, and stands on his own to a big, a big ovation. And they don't capitalize on this because some knobheads in white coats come out. Yeah, they're basically they're the institution or something. What was it, Sunny Sunny View Institution or something, where he grew up? Um, they were trying to capture him, and then Kane eliminates himself by stepping. Yeah. Over the top rope, um, to chase out the uh, the men in white coats. Yeah, he uh, he go yeah he goes through the crowd, doesn't he? He leaves through the crowd as yeah. well. Um, and yeah, we number nineteen is Ken Shamrock, and as Shamrock is coming out, Vince returns. Yep, and takes a seat at the commentary table, and this is what this is what cracks me up because they say you're not going to get in there with Ken Shamrock, and he goes, "What are you nuts?" Yeah, he goes, "What are you nuts?" It's so good. It was, I mean, this is, it was absolute gold. Um, you know, he, he gets, he gets at ringside and he, he gets at commentary and he says, you know, uh, uh, Austin's in an ambulance. He's, he's, he's out of here. You know, he's, he's gone. Accomplished. Yeah. He's accomplished he, what he needed to do. Yeah. That's it. And that's why he's not getting back in because at this point, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mr. McMahon, both, neither of them have been eliminated. They both rolled out. Went under the ropes, yeah. yeah. Um, number twenty, doing his best Texas tornado impression, I think. Billy Gunn with one shoe on. With what? One... <laughs> uh, oh. We 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 spoke about this in our SummerSlam <laughs> review, yeah. Uh, Kerry Von Erich and his one leg, um, the one foot. Sorry, Ken Shamrock just starts kicking at his leg, and it's like, okay, let's just let's just get on with this. 21 is Test, um, part of the corporation. The mini cutaway, another cutback to uh, to the back. This is a real special of the era because the Ministry are putting Mabel into the back of a hearse. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, and as they're doing that, an ambulance pulls up. And we all know who's in it. We all know, because you can see who's driving it. Yeah. Um, Austin's back, and you see Vince's face. They Gold. cut to Vince's face, and yeah, the guy knew how to work a camera, didn't he? It was so good. He's like, you know, his face, and he's gulping, and he's like, oh my god, you know, uh, yeah, you know. Also, number twenty-one test. Apparently, they called him Test because he'd never passed a piss test in his life. 
That was later on, I think. <laughs> when we hit ECW. Ico Pro. Ico Pro. Ico Pro, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, Austin makes his way back down to the ring. Um just before Bossman comes in at number 22. Yeah. So that's that's all the corporation are now out uh, in the ring at the time. And Austin dumps Shamrock pretty quick. There's no messing about. <laughs> this, this one's funny because Triple H is number 23. Yeah. But when Triple H is, get, is just about getting into the ring, all you hear is Vince shouting, get him over, get him over. Yeah. Uh, I I think there's some sort of double sort of like double meaning to this because he's trying to get Triple H over. Yeah, get him over, get him over. <laughs> and also, you've got the King saying about Mr. Ass is that he's a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Austin does clothesline Billy Gunn out, um, and then we get to number twenty-four, which is another another favourite here of Chris's. Yeah, Mr. Venus. Val Venus. Um, yeah, nothing. Again, it, it sort. It, this is the thing with the rumble. It, ha, it has sort of gone quiet. There's not a lot going on. They're just, they're just names that are in there now. It's not like, for instance, '92 where Flair was just working the whole time, and just was constantly at someone. You you just noticed it, or even you know '94 with you know Brett and what have you. You know, that rumble's pretty good until the ending, of course. Yeah. Um, X-Pac in at number 25. Still yeah. nothing going on, really. Number 26, sexual, sexual chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, there was a storyline that he had intimate relations with a man at this point or something and that was going on. They were talking about that. Um, it, it, when was the giving birth to the hand? Uh, later on, I think. Yeah. Way later, a little bit later on. Yeah. Number 27 gets a huge pop, and I'm pretty sure it's not for Double J. It's for Deborah. Yeah. Um, ex, ex, ex wife of Stone Cold. Jeff here. I feel a little bit sorry for Jeff Jarrett because he's, you know, he's, he's the one doing all the work, and <laughs> Deborah gets the pop. That's right. Um, and Jeff Jarrett would later, I mean, this is 1999. He would not long after this uh, end up in WCW. He would pretty much follow um, Russo. There. Yeah. Um, there's a really good line actually here. Like um, Michael Cole asked Vince if uh, he's going to pay the uh, bounty in cash or check. And uh, <laughs> Vince is clearly annoyed at this and says yours clears every week, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 28, what a draw. What a lucky draw this is for D'Lo. Yeah. Um, people tend to forget how good D'Lo is at this point. He's he still got the chest protector on, comes out with uh, Terry Runnels and Jacqueline. Yeah. But they, don't, he, don't they call him... They call him... Uh, P PMT. They call him PMT or something. PMS, I think they call him. PMS. Yeah. I God, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, we just try and gloss over some of the some of the bad stuff. Yeah. 
Um, Austin throws out test. Um, someone I couldn't I couldn't see it. Someone gets rid of X Pac as well. Yeah. Double J tries to work with Austin a couple of times in this, and they have a yeah. little they have a Beat little spate where. Anymore. Yeah, you know, Double J gives Austin, and even this point, Austin's still taking those vicious snap bumps when when he gets punched. He's still taking them snap bumps, and all this time, every one of those hurts to no end, especially with what's gone on with his neck and his spine. Um, yeah, Triple H sends Double J on his way. And number twenty nine, um, it's Owen Hart. <clears throat> he. Uh, 1999 is not the year, is it? This is a nation of domination, Owen Hart. Uh, no, he's, he's tag teaming with Jeff Jarrett. Oh, it was enough. Enough is enough. Yeah, um, they would. I think they would touch on that they had a title match the next night. Correct. Or, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Owen would be would be dead by what May? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's not good. Um, China makes history here. She becomes um, the first. Woman. Well, Austin Austin eliminates Double J. Was it Triple H or? Oh Austin? no, sorry, yeah, Triple, and then rolls out of the ring, takes a drink of water from the cup at the um, and, out, and chucks it at Vince in his face, and uh, tells, "Oh, you're disrespecting the boss," you know. And all this time, Vince is saying, "Oh, this guy, get rid of, get rid of him, get rid of him," you know. And uh, the king says, "Oh, I would, I would go in and, and, and do it myself if I weren't busy here." You know, um, it's <laughs> tough talking, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, China throws Mark Henry out. That is, I mean, that's a big pop as well. That's, Number thirty, yeah. But just as China gets some sort of uh, momentum going, Austin clotheslines her out. Yeah. Um, Triple H throws out Val Venus. And uh, Triple H gets a stunner for his troubles and gets clotheslined out as well. Vince is begging for anyone to throw Austin out at this point. Yeah. He's still not back in the ring. He's still at the commentator. So I thought that was amazing enough that he was still sitting there talking. Um, Austin backdrops Owen out. Um, um, before and that, is, sorry, before that, what, Owen hits an inseguri on Austin that looks stiff as shit. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. This is the bit I've got. D'Lo is in the final four of the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And yeah, that is incredible. Hits a frog splash on, on Austin. A great looking one as well. Yeah. And then uh, after hitting the frog splash and like sort of turning to G up the crowd a bit, boss man throws him out. And uh, yeah, we get a stunner on boss man and Austin throws him out and we doubt the two. And Vince has to start, you know, earning his money again. Yeah. And Austin, um, Vince gets an unprotected chair shot as well. He does indeed, yeah. A brutal one. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't, again, it doesn't sit right anymore, does it? I mean, all those ECW shows and all that where they would really bend a chair up on someone's head, it just doesn't yeah. sit right anymore. I don't no. know if it works. It works for other people, but it's not. It's not the way. It's not the style, and yeah, just it's not. It's not good. But yeah, uh, 
I'll move on because I'm, I'm going to complain about chair shots again. Uh, <laughs> it's a low blow by Vince, but it doesn't really work because he gets a stunner. And here comes the new champ. Rock makes his way down the aisle, starts yeah. going to Austin. Um, and he's talking to him and Austin's intending to get in the ring. Rock just sort of holds his ground where he is. And wouldn't you just know it? The owner, the boss, the... You know, the big cheese of the World Wrestling Federation wins the Royal Rumble. Just as just as Austin goes to the edge of the ropes, uh, when the Rock's goading him and leaning over, McMahon literally just tips him out, throws him out. And it's, yeah, it, I mean, the fans hate this. It's so good. The heel heat for Vince winning a Royal Rumble is incredible. Yep. And they mock Stone Cold heavily after this as well with something yeah. they do. We get we get a Michael Cole sort of soundbite. It's going to be Rock and Vince at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> what a match that would have been. Money spinner. Um, Austin attacks the Rock in the aisle. You know, the, I mean, obviously, yeah, the Rock's trip moved on to a new feud here. He's, which is weird because he he doesn't move on to it straight away. Like they, you know, he he drops the title again. Yeah. On um, on halftime heat, and then wins it back, like a couple of weeks later on Raw in a ladder match. It's it's a bit strange to see that title going backwards and forwards. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, yeah, it's you know we get the big celebration in the ring. You know, they Vince is there with Shane with. Uh, Patterson and Briscoe, they get the beers in. Vince yeah. doesn't know how to chug a beer. It looks like. Yeah, they're mocking. They they get they get the announcer to say it again. And the winner of the 1999 yeah. Royal Rumble, Mister McMahon. Yeah, Howard Finkel gets to uh, announce it again, and they do. They get the beers in and they celebrate. And I mean, it it is a hell of a lead into WrestleMania because there is a lot more to come. Like before WrestleMania hits, you've still got the cage match with Austin and Vince. Yeah. And there's a this is a last man standing match between Mankind and Rock, isn't there? Yeah. Which I mean doesn't have the sort of brutality that this one does. The I quit match, but it's still a good I mean, they work really well together. It just was a bit of a shame that it got to that point in the I quit match. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, this, this, is, this is an incredible lead-in to WrestleMania 15. Oh, it's good. I mean, I, I've got a little bit of memorabilia here as well. It it's is your time. WWF SmackDown sticker book with um, some unopened packets of stickers. I've got loads more as well. That's just two that I keep with my Mint album. I've got another album that's full. And this was the era, you know? Stone Cold, The Rock, Degeneration X... You know, on the back, the main T-shirts were, uh, this is 2000, so you have Y2J. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't hit the, uh, hasn't hit the WWF at this point. He hasn't shown up yet. Uh, that's, and he actually interrupts the rock, don't he? Yeah, I mean, the WWF would eventually start to really outstrip WCW in ratings, revenue, everything like that. And they would start to pick cherry pick some of their bigger stars, including Jericho, 
the giant or it'd be the big show. Yeah. And a little little group that make their way over in the early 2000. Yeah, yeah. Little um, group. Perry Saturn, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and one more. I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah, his name is fucking Dean Malenko. Hell of a talent, Dean Malenko. So and you, uh, thought get, you thought I couldn't get a Dean Malenko reference we, I, in? I, I did wonder how we would get a Dean Malenko reference in. I mean, it was probably my fault for mentioning Y2J turning up. So, um, they Dean were, Malenko is my cheap pop. Yeah, that is this cheap pop. That is, <laughs> and mine seems to be uh, either Gangrel or uh, Val Venus. Not TNA, no. Uh, or TNA. I've got quite a few cheap pops. Yeah, they are cheap. But yeah, I mean, but <laughs> but but this event, it would be the ultimate heel heat pay per view. It would oh, be a pay per view where not one of the good guys really would win or would come out on top. Um what, X Pac? Well I mean possibly, yeah, but I mean it was yeah, that was Yeah, it was overshadowed. Sable, you know? maybe. I don't know. Fucking Sable. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Come at but, me, Brock. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. This this is a really this is a really fun pay per view. Like it's if you know if you've got the stomach to watch someone get hit in the head ten times with a chair unprotected, then fine. You know, crack on and enjoy. But the rest of it is really good. It's good stuff, and I would suggest watching it alongside Beyond the Mat as well, because it they literally do go hand in hand. They were they were filmed at exactly the same time. There's backstage footage from this um, Royal Rumble in Beyond the Mat, and it just gives a really nice overview of a lot of stuff that's going on in the individual matches and in in the wrestling world at that time. Because um, you know it was the Monday Night Wars, weren't it? It's yeah, it's it's, it's uh, good fun and. I enjoyed watching it again. I hadn't seen it in years, so some of it was, you know, new to the new to the mind for me. I was sort of, oh bloody hell! Like that's a, yeah. I was always expecting Austin to get a good pop, but Road Dog got hell of a pop. Yeah. And yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. Um, our next episode, we haven't decided yet, and because we've got a lot of. Uh, new friends, subscribers, viewers. If anyone has any suggestions, we're open to them. We are thinking probably going to go back to a WCW show. I I would I would yeah. like to cover an ECW show very soon. And also, I would like to cover Beyond the Mat. I would like to give a really nice commentary uh, and review of Beyond the Mat as well. But yeah, I mean, we, we've got a load more subscribers Jordan's bang on with this one. It, we we over doubled our subscriber count within a week. And please, guys, if you watch this, if you enjoy it, please click the bell, subscribe. Um, let us boost our, our subscriber count up to the point 
where we can get to that magical 1,000 number and then we can start doing giveaways because we want to give memorabilia away to you. You can see in the background here, got memorabilia here. We've got some there. I've got some there. I've got Jordan's got some. We 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 literally want to give stuff away. We will give away VHSs. We will give away um, stickers, sticker books, cards. You know, our last episode, we opened some 30-year-old cards on, on, yeah. on the show. You know, so we, we want to do that. But in order for us to do that, we need to get the subscribers up. Um, so please, guys, if you enjoy this as much as we enjoy doing it, please just click on the subscribe. As we say, it is free, gratis. Um, so please do that. It takes half a second and it means the world to us. Um, and there we have it. Royal Rumble. No chance in hell. 1999. Uh, quickly, we've, uh, we've almost neglected to thank Tree of Life Framing. I know... I know they're very good people over there and they will, and yep. I'm going to say it this week, I'm going to say it, they will frame you like Kevin Sullivan does. They will frame you. <laughs> he said it. He's fucking said it. <laughs> that was the inside joke. We weren't sure what episode it was going to make creep its ugly head up at and it's reared up at episode nine. So he's bit yeah, his lips. Tree of life, treeoflifeframing.com. They'll, you know, they frame anything. They've got... A, no, the Tree of Life Framing have memorabilia and games and stuff, or is that um, something else? Yes, I... they used to, but mainly it is framing now. Um, yeah. But they will, they will, they will frame anything. You know, I've got a load of bits and that figures, uh, programs, posters, t-shirts, anything you want, anything. Remember, don't forget the t-shirts and the hoodies. You know, if anyone is interested, give us a shout. We can make that possible, make that a thing. Yes, the chat so grapple and cheap pops hoodies. You know, I was repping the uh, I was repping the hoodie around Costco today. Myself nice. it is very uh, yeah it's a it's oh. a really nice did bit. you get any red cups? No I didn't get any red cups. No. <laughs> it was uh it was a it was a good it was a good fun shop. Fifty quid off with a voucher as well. Lovely stuff. Oh lovely. Um I yeah. I I actually went to a car boot sale this weekend I didn't find anything wrestling, but I'm going to another car boot sale quite a way away from here. Um, and if he did find something, he would have recorded himself doing it. You fucking damn right. You fucking damn right I would have recorded it. So uh, we will... If I'm going to a, a bigger boot sale on this weekend, and if I find anything wrestling, you damn skippy, it is going to be recorded, and I will show you guys next show. Um, we call them car boot sales in America. They call them what swap meets, uh, yeah, flea, so, flea yeah. markets, um, shit like that. So it is basically where people sell shit out of the boot of their car, and um, yeah. like a garage sale. You know what I mean? So yeah, that is that's about it, mate. From 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 yeah, us, I um, think today. Remember, everyone, you know we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Deezer, uh, Spotify, Podbean, iHeart Radio, iHeart Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcast, Castbox, yeah. yeah, Listen Notes, Podbean, yeah, iTunes, Apple Podcast, the whole and shebang. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that button. It's free. It's free. It's free. Just press the button. Press Please. subscribe. You don't need the notifications. I'm sure nobody does. But 
if you want to carry on seeing us crack on and have some fun. That's and right. And then we can start long. giving shit away. We can start yeah. buying it. That means my missus won't be upset that I'm spending our money on shit to give away. We can just be the ad revenue. We can fucking squander and shit <laughs> and send it to our fans because we love it. So, um, yes, guys, please. Um, yeah, we love doing it. this. Um, please give us... Tap Grapple Pops on Twitter. You know, you can catch us there. That's right. For anyone that wants to see some of our jokes, our wrestling jokes, we have some fun ones. I've been doing a lot to do. I've been doing a lot on Haku recently. You know, he's the guy that Chuck Norris calls when he gets in trouble. That's correct. <laughs> it's you know we have we have a lot of fun and we have a lot of fun doing this and we we're going to keep doing it and that's right. If you want to join us, join us on this bumpy road we call Chats Grapple and Cheap Pops Podcast. Myself, Chris Dredd, the main man, JB. Uh, that was a bit of an RVD. Almost. Uh, thing there. So yeah, it, this stealing, has been. I'm not stealing his work. This, <laughs> this this has been Royal Rumble 1999. No chance in hell. Uh, we will be coming back very soon in a week or so with another podcast for your ears. Thanks again for joining us. Please like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, tap the bell. Join us on Twitter, but like we say, we really want to get this subscriber count out. So if you enjoy what we're doing, please just click on the bell. And that is probably about it from myself and the man JB. So thanks we will see much you. Us, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Peace.